So, praise God. Get your Bibles out. I want to preach a good word to you this morning. It's not tied in with the series. It's all over with. I actually started a series, finished a series. Y'all mark that down. But this is just a, just a message. Se- Did I tell you where to go? I didn't. Okay. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long week for me. You know, I'm the kind of person that, that I can't, I, I, I'm a pretty good multitasker, but when it comes down to preaching, it's not very good. So I can't, I can't, I had to do the funeral yesterday. Well, I can't be thinking about what I'm preaching on Sunday because then I'm going to end up doing it in the funeral. And so then I have to go through it one deal. So we just finished this, the music. And so now I can think of, try to get my mind thinking about what we're going to preach here. So y'all just give me a break. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you, With deceptive words, for a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. I read this the other day and it just hit me, destructive words. You know, I've told you all this starting back in 2020. I told you that this whole thing, everything you see going on in the world, quit thinking about it as Republican, Democrat, liberal, uh, conservative. Quit thinking about it like that. It's just a devil and God. It's all it is. All right, there is no, just look at everything going on and saying, okay, that's either going to be God or that's going to be the devil. And it makes your whole world a whole lot easier, okay? Well, here we're talking about this, and, and, and Peter is talking to the church there, and he's saying the same thing. He said, watch, watch them. There's, what are, there's false prophets. There's heresies. There's lies. There's things coming up. There's, there's deceptive words being spoken. I want to ask you all something. Today, when you see news headlines, how much of it do you believe? I mean, after you've been wrong so many times, you just kind of quit believing, right? And so I started laughing the other day, and I said, you know what? Because now it's the Chinese hackers are going to get everybody in the United States. So now you've got to worry about Chinese hackers. You've got to worry about disease X. You've got to worry about, you know, this person. You've got to worry about that. You've got to, you know, there's problems. I said, man, that wouldn't surprise me if somebody hadn't sighted Godzilla out in the ocean. Been a sighting coming up, going to eat the world, going to, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I mean, it's like they get everything that they can and throw it out to keep you in a state of fear, to keep you in a state of panic, to keep you in a state of turmoil, right? And they're deceptive words. Well, the devil is smart. He is not an idiot. He's been around forever. He knows how to work you. He knows how to get you. He knows what he can say that will stir you that might not stir somebody else. Do you know that? Okay. He knows how to poke you. Okay, well, Paul then, I mean, Peter here, go to, go to verse 4. I'm in 2 Peter 2, 4. Look what it says. If God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turned, them, and turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and condemned them to destruction, making them an example of those who afterwards would live godly. 
and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelleth among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like that. I feel like I, I, I lately in this last, this, really this whole last month, I feel oppressed. And it's nothing other than just the junk going on in the world. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Then they're going to do this. Then they're going to do that. I just want Jesus to come back. I just want Jesus' righteous reign. I want, a, I want a king who is a king. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Do y'all feel like that? The Bible says even the earth, okay, the trees groan for the coming of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. You hear what I'm saying? Even the earth out there says, oh, man, I'm sick of this. But look at this. He says, his torment is his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. <coughs> Excuse me. He's saying, listen to me. That he can take care of you, and he's going to take care of them. They ain't getting away with it. What's really funny is the world lives under the, the concept <clears throat> that God's not real. And so they're living under the concept God's not real, so they don't expect God to pull the curtain back and say, hey. But it says in Revelation, it's what he does. He, he, he's going to pull the curtain back from heaven, and he's going to stick his head through and say, hey. And they're going to scream, and rather than saying, oh, my gosh, he was real, they're going to say, depart from us. We don't want you in our life. you got to be pretty stupid to do that. I mean, he just pulled back the heavens and looked at you, and you're going to say, depart from me? you got to be just really, really stupid. You'd have to think you'd, you know, you'd think you would see them looking over and say, hey, uh, <coughs> Charlie, I think we made a mistake. Y'all with me? Okay, the good news is God can deliver you. Everybody say, God can deliver me. You see, folks, you got to understand something. The Bible is true, but you can see it working out in things, okay? One of the great scriptures, whatever a man sows, that he's going to reap, okay? If you sow ugly, you're going to reap ugly. Can I have a good amen? You sow ugly, you're going to reap ugly. You sow mean, you cheat, you're going to get cheated, right? Okay, we know that the law of sowing and reaping works. So as a nation... If you turn against God's people, as a nation, if you want to get God out of schools, as a nation, you want to, you know, <clears throat> get churches far away from everything and separate and get out of, you know, and just, just get God out of everything. You want to change. You don't want to have A.D. and B.C. numbering system. You want to change. You want to get God out of everything. And you put these liberal, non-godly people in positions, and then they do that. Well, then as a nation, we're going to reap the results of that. Hello? There's no way out of it. Just like if you had a business. Man, can you imagine? Okay, I haven't watched this, haven't seen this, but I saw this advertisement. Something about where people, they're going in and taking garbage, garbage trash, and then they're making food out of it, restaurants, and they're, 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 they're um, using it to feed the homeless and everything else. And so that's kind of to me, that's kind of to me like we, down at Guatemala, when we first put in the very first sewage plant down there, they told us we could take it one more step, and then we could take all the sewer water, bring it down in there, 
do all this stuff to it, and then you come out clean on the other end, you could put it, use it as drinking water. <clears throat> and I said, I don't think so. He said, no, no, you could put a spigot right out here, and you could just drink the water coming out. I said, I said man, we ain't going to, we're not going to, you know, we're not sending poo water back up there for them to drink. And he said, no, no, it's totally clean. I said, I don't care. Look where it came out of. Are you, you with me? So it's sort of the same thing about the food deal. People have good ideas, but to, to me, it's just like, it, that ain't right. <coughs> that ain't right. Okay, what I'm trying to say is, is this, when you sow something that's wrong, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you're going to reap something wrong. If you have a restaurant and you constantly put out bad food and you can't figure out why people don't want to come, well, then, folks, you're putting bad food out. Nobody wants it. Ice cream. You know why I thought about this this morning. But ice cream. For some reason, my mother, once in a while, would buy Neapolitan ice cream. You put that gallon of ice cream in there, and you could watch it. All the chocolate be eaten right out of the center. And then as soon as that chocolate was gone, scraped down to the barrel, then, then the vanilla started going down. And then that strawberry was in there until you just literally could not find anything else that could possibly be eaten. And we were looking at jelly on bread before I'd go to eat that strawberry ice cream. It's just not right. Some of y'all may love strawberry ice cream, but it, to me it's just not right. It needs to be chocolate or vanilla. It's kind of like mint ice cream. Somebody may love mint ice cream. I don't see any place on planet Earth that need for it, you know. <clears throat> and so what I'm saying is if you were going to build your business on like ice cream that most people didn't like, you're gonna, it's going to go out. It's going to go down. It's going to go broke. You can't sow. You can't as a nation <clears throat> do what the United States is doing and then all of a sudden think that you're going to reap good. The law of sowing and reaping, it's not the judgment of God. Listen to me. God didn't have to put judgment on us. We're doing it to ourselves. It's just working the law of sowing and reaping. So what I'm telling you, church, is there's deceptive words going out to get you to try to agree with them to sink us. So what do we do? He said he would deliver us. How? So I want to tell you, this is my message today. How are you going to defeat deceptive words? Okay, he tells us, 2 Peter 1. Verse 16, Peter tells us, it says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have this prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man but of holy men of God spoke as they were moved. By the Holy Spirit. Do you see what he says here? That they were eyewitnesses to God Almighty speaking up on the Mount of Transfiguration, speaking out of the cloud, the glory cloud, and saying, this is my son. Right? And they heard it. And Peter said, when we heard the word of God to us, 
it confirmed within us everything that we knew when the resurrection happened that Jesus was the Son of God, right? So they had a word from God that was confirmed within their heart, and that is what he said, I'm preaching to you today, and that's what changes everything. He said, if you want to destroy a deceptive word, you got to have a prophetic word. Everybody say a prophetic word. That sounds good and religious right? And so you can throw it around like you're spiritual and say, oh, i got a prophetic word from the Lord. Well, what that really means, what's a prophetic word? A prophetic word is a word that you know is true. It's in your heart. God loves you. You really know it. If you really know it, then technically that is a prophetic word that you have. But we have people living in the world today, and they do not have a prophetic word within them. We have churches and denominations that they go through there, and they will change and do whatever they fits the crowd in order to please the crowd rather than what does the word say, the prophetic word say to you that you know is right and that's what you're going to do. So right now the devil's really working hard on getting you off of what you really know. And he's trying to throw deceptive words at you to make you say, wait, wait, what a minute? What, what, what? Do you know that they, there is some anti-Semitic person out there that has a website or a uh, not a website, a TikTok, clock, clock, bok, talk, whatever, something page. And, and, and they have a mil, over a million followers. And so they were talking all this stuff about Israel and saying the real terrorists are Israel. Until they got them all, they had a, the, a vote on there if they didn't agree that, ter- that Israel was a terrorist, not Hamas. And 54% of them agreed with them. said, yeah, Israel's a terrorist. If you put enough deceptive words out and you put enough garbage out and and you, you, you get people into that, well, then the, all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, I guess you're right. You know why? Because they didn't have a, a prophetic word within them of what they knew was the truth. Hello? Have y'all seen the video? You know, I can't show these things. I show these things and, you know, it just gets me all in trouble. But have y'all seen the video of the, of the illegal immigrant crossing the border, illegal alien, I'll call it like it is, crossing the border right down here, I mean, just 60 miles from us, right down here, that... The, 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 the reporter was just talking and interviewing him, and the guy comes around. He, he, he's not, he is not Mexican. And he turns around and says to the reporter, you don't know who I am, but very shortly you will know who I am. And I'm like, that dude has nothing but evil intention in his heart. And everybody's sitting around saying, oh, isn't it nice? It's so sweet that we're such a good country and we let all this happen. Yeah, what are you going to be saying when they're chasing you down the street? My point is deception is a, I'm trying to get you to understand this. Deception is all around you. You have to have the prophetic word, the, the, the word that's true that you know lines up with the word that is in, is in there of what God spoke to you. And if you don't have that in you, then you can be deceived. But if you do have it in you, well, then it dispels the deception. You just simply say, that's wrong, it's a lie. That's not true. So Peter tells his people, he said, look, this is, what, this is the truth. I heard from heaven. I heard God's voice. And that was a confirmation of us that we knew it exactly what we were doing. It drove everything else away. It made everything else say, well, I don't see how you can say that. You know, just because somebody says something with confidence does not mean it's right. Uh, one a little more close to home. Have you all seen the, the one where... Uh, in Australia, they were having this major demonstration, and the, and the girl was talking to, she was so confident, so strong, so had her all of her speech down, and was trying to get this, this uh, sheep farmer 
to give up all of his sheep and quit having any sheep because uh, it was inhumane to the sheep that he was doing genocide, sheep genocide and, 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 and rape of the sheep, you know, because the sheep didn't get to choose who the buck was. I'm serious. That girl was serious. But you should have heard this old Australian farmer just tear her to pieces. It was pretty good. Point is, just because somebody says something confidently does not mean it's true. Go look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans 8, 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom your spirit cries out, Abba, Father. When you're born again, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, your spirit's crying out, Abba, Father. Daddy, Daddy. You're not hearing a deceptive words and falling into fear. You're just turning to Daddy and saying, what's the truth here? That's what you're doing because your spirit is connecting with the prophetic word of God. And all of a sudden, you're alive, your spirit's alive, and you're connected with him. And you're just sitting there saying, hey, Daddy, what's right? What do we do? And then there's peace inside your heart. And you've defeated the deceptive words. Okay, Revelation 19.10. I've got to hurry here because I didn't want this to be a two-time message and I'm, I, I haven't gotten anywhere. Revelation 19.10 says, I fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said to me, see that you do not do that for I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Listen to me, I wrote these three points down. Jesus is the substance of all prophecy. Or to put it another way, Jesus is the common theme among all prophecy. Listen, it's all about Jesus. Hello? And the prophetic word that you get to God in your heart that, that gives you the confidence that you need, it's still about Jesus. Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, it's about Jesus. It says, all, the second one is, all true prophecy bears witness about Jesus. Therefore, all prophecy should cause us to worship him alone. So when you get that, that word on the inside of you. See, I've been hearing preachers. It's like the judgment of God is coming upon America. He's going to be you know, basically driving you into the dust. The blood of innocent children is on your hands. You will be destroyed. You will be put down. And I'm listening and saying, dude, I've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. The nation, yes, can't help it. But me, I've already been judged. Already gave, I've already been judged, already been given, I've already been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I'm keeping myself under the blood of Jesus. And these preachers are preaching this stuff, and see, it's not truth. It's deceptive words. They don't really know because a true prophecy or a true, because, you know, prophecy doesn't always have to be, yea, hey, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow at noon a pink crocodile run across the road. Prophecy is what I'm doing right now. There's an element of prophecy. I'm preaching to you a truth, a revelation. There's an element of truth coming out in everything that I'm saying. So therefore, it is considered prophecy, okay? So these guys that are doing this preaching and saying all this stuff, man, it's not causing me to want to worship Jesus. That's the way I judge it. I'm saying, what's up, man? This is kind of making me want to shriek down and say, oh, God. Now, if you're living like a heathen, yeah, you better be getting right with God. But I don't want to. I want to live for Jesus. How many of y'all want to live for Jesus? All right. Well, then your heart's in the right place. Well, then you, you, everything you do should cause us to want to worship Jesus. The third thing is, is the message or testimony given by Jesus is essential uh, to true prophecy. Jesus is the word and no prophecy comes except through him. Ultimately pointing to God as source of all true prophecy. 
Folks, there's a lot of people out there prophesying, and they're saying things that are not pointing towards God. It's pointing towards man, our ways. If you do this, this, and this, hold on. My Bible says that by faith, by faith, I please God. Hello? So you got to judge these things. We know that Jesus was the living, is the living word. We know that in, in John 1 that in the beginning was the word, right? The word was with God and the word was God. And then we know down in verse 14 he says, and that word became alive. And we know him as Jesus. He's the living word. He is the living prophetic word to you. Hear what I'm saying. He is the living prophetic word to you. <coughs> okay. I'm going to just tell you the rest of my story. Because i got to get to the point. I haven't even told you how to get a prophetic word. Never going to finish. Okay. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3, you can go this, write these scriptures down. You can go back there and look at them later. It's a story of Saul. When Saul and his servant go out to feed the donkeys, and the donkeys have run off. We don't know how many donkeys, but it's plural, so there's more than one. So donkeys have run off. And so Saul... And his servant go, and they go walking around trying to find the donkeys. They can't find the donkeys. They look everywhere for the donkeys, can't find them. Finally, the servant says to Saul, listen, there's a man of God in town, and, and, and he's a seer. He can see things, and why don't we go ask him if he knows where the donkeys are? Okay? Now, anyway, I, I saw, thought, saw a whole other message there. I got to quit. I got to stay on track here. <laughs> and so they find, they, they, they find Samuel. And they, they go to him and they say, hey, Samuel, uh, we, we've lost donkeys. Well, but Samuel had the day before God had spoken to him and said, tomorrow God's going to come and he's going to be looking for some donkeys and he's going to be the king of Israel and you need to anoint him. So Saul goes up to Samuel and, and, and you know, he's like, uh, I'm trying to find some donkeys. Oh, yes, you're the one. God spoke to me yesterday. That's pretty impressive, Right. You spoke to me yesterday, don't worry about your donkeys. Your donkeys were found three days ago. So Saul's been wandering everywhere for three days looking for donkeys that weren't even around. He says, he says, they're all been found. Everything's okay. He said, but this is what you're supposed to do. You're going to be the king of Israel, but I need you to do something for me. I need you to go up on the mountain over there, go walking up there, and that's where the, the prophets are. And when you go up there, okay, it's chapter, it's chapter 10 now, chapter 10, verse 6, he says, then the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you'll be turned into another man. So here's, this guy's, he must not even be a very good donkey herder because he lost them, right? And now he, he doesn't know nothing. He goes up on the side of the mountain, he starts prophesying. What's he doing? What do you mean prophesying with the prophets? He's up there declaring the prophetic word of God. He's up there saying, what the Spirit of God is telling them, which may be, God is great. You are glorious. You put the stars in the skies. I don't know what he was prophesying. It doesn't tell us. But when Saul did it and the Spirit of God came upon him, it changed him into another person. Folks, listen to me. When you get a prophetic word from God, when you hear what I'm saying, I'm not talking about you, you know, you, 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 you fasted and prayed and knelt on beans with candles in your room for, you know, 40 days and you're down to your last breath and you're, you know, trying to get this word from God. I'm talking about when you read your Bible and you're saying, God, speak to me. 
I'm talking about those things when somebody gives you a book, somebody says something to you, some, you hear a song on the radio and God reaffirms and confirms on the inside of you that he loves you, that, you're, that he's got you, that everything's going to be okay. Whatever, you hear the preaching, hear you, something. You know what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. And it becomes alive to you. And then here's the key. You speak it out of your mouth. Ooh. It's amazing if you're a person who doesn't believe God loves you. If you don't believe God loves you, you don't have that confirmation on the inside of you, and then one day you do get it, and then when you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, God loves me, put a smile on your face. Are you all with me? Okay. So taking Saul's life, it takes me down to Luke chapter 11. When the scripture that you know, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open unto you. So the first step to getting this prophetic word is you got to be like Saul. you got to go looking for it. If your heart's not in a position to look for something, you know what? You're not going to find it. If you're not looking for love, not looking for forgiveness, not looking for grace, not looking for mercy, not looking for, 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 for this prophetic word in your life, not looking for God, not looking to have a deeper relationship, not looking to, to know more about God, you know what? You're not going to find anything because you're not looking. you got to put yourself in that position to seek God. Everybody say, seek God. Okay, so when the first thing you got to do is you got to learn to see God, okay? Just like he was looking for the donkeys. The second thing you got to do is you got to ask. It says, you say, well, this just sounds too easy. My Lord, it is. We're just sometimes too stupid to go do anything with it. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand because I know you want to look like you're the purest of athletes in life. But I can tell you all, <clears throat> like today, it's, I can sit here and say, oh, it's, oh, look, it's pretty day. It's not too cold outside. Um, looks like I could walk. I could probably go walk today. Yeah, but the wind's blowing. I see the trees, leaves are blowing out there. Probably stir up Paul London. Uh, I don't need to be. See, I can talk myself out quick. It don't take me very long. <laughs> I can look out there, see birds in the feeder and say, oh, man, those birds look kind of vicious. If I go out there, they might try to peck my eye out or something. <laughs> Because I am not sold out, dedicated, really wanting it. You know what I mean? So I can talk myself out of it. Now, try to talk me out of not reading my Bible. You can't do it. No matter what, I'm not leaving my house in the morning before I've read my Bible. You can't talk me out of that. You can't talk me out of not praying. Okay? There's other things that I'm stuck into that there is no way I'm out of. But these other things, you know, well, you need to eat healthy. And you've been eating stinking grass for a week, and then you get tempted, you're just going to go sit down and eat a bag of potato chips. You don't care. I mean, all I got to do is see somebody that's more out of shape than I am, that's older than I am, to say, look how long that dude's lived. Look what he does. And I'm like, but tell me not to read? No way. I ain't going to back off that in a bit. Because, see, it's, it's, it's in me. I've asked. I've sought it. I found it, right? What does he say? And then knock on it, and then what's going to happen? It's going to open, right? Then it's going to open to you. But you are the ones that has to start it out by asking and seeking. And it's not complicated. It's just that you have to determine that that wind blowing outside is not going to distract you and take you off course, right? That you, you, this is something you really believe in, and you will not be sidetracked at all. You're going to get your prophetic words. You're going to hear the voice of God speaking to you. You're going to do this, and nothing is going to get in your way. 
You know, I gotta say, I gotta tell you, this is, this is the last thing, and then I went, we're gonna start have communion. But I was a little nervous at first, having to go down to uh, Sabnow and do the funeral, because it, it, you know it, it, it's not my church; they're not my people. Uh, I, I was raised there, and you know, I mean, I know everybody. Okay, so it's like they know me. So I'm kind of like, oh, gosh, I hope so-and-so's not there. And so I prayed, and I'm going down the road, and I'm driving down. Then I said, you know, Lord, that's ridiculous. I'm going to walk in there like I own the place. And uh, so I did. And so I walked in and, and was being re- respectful and went in. Of course, you got to understand, every classroom, every hall, nothing's changed. I know it all. <clears throat> so we go into the church, and so... They had a little microphone stand, I mean, a little music stand down in front like that. And I was like, man, what's the matter? You know, I, want, I want the high church. I want the big pulpit. You know? So I'm messing with them. And then in a minute, it just, it just hit me. I said, you know, Lord, you took me through all of this in life, all I've been through in life. And you brought me back to this place. And now I'm standing in here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because of what I have done, I now stand here as Dr. Robert Richards. And I almost believe that as many people showed up just to see me as to pay their respects because they're just like, I don't know how they do. And it's like, it's like God took me and put me back into that place for just that moment. And so when I stepped up, I, there was people having to stand. They couldn't even find a place to sit. And I said, y'all need to, there's a few chairs if y'all need to get up here. I said, I understand that this, this is a long-winded preacher. Y'all better find a place to sit down. But I felt the commanding authority of God. I mean, I was not intimidated in the least. I felt this anointing upon me that I had been trained for an hour such as this. And it was really cool. It was really cool. And I watched people that normally would have intimidated me melt in their chairs as I preached the gospel. Folks, I'm telling you, God can do anything with you. If they could take a little country boy like me that was in trouble like I was and get me out through there and get me do there and all those and put me back in that church and say look what I did you ain't never gonna tell me God's not real amen so we're gonna have communion now and I want us to ask you to just look into your hearts matter of fact let me have my my the one everybody's gonna help me up here in the prayer team and all come on down listen if you are sitting here today and this message is speaking to your hearts if you're out there watching this video and you're saying Oh, I want that. Well, then I'm going to pray with you that to, to get started. Do not be deterred. Don't let anything distract you. If you've heard deceptive words, because I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to have the communion so that you can come up here and you can already receive that anointing and be free. But I just want to declare right now. As a matter of fact, I just ask everybody, just, just put your heart in a place of, of, of to receive right now as I pray. Father, I just pray over everyone right now. That deceptive words will be put down in Jesus' name. That, Lord God, that there be no, there's so many lies being told that the deceptive words will be put down today in Jesus' name. The lies that we have believed, the lies that we have, 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 have received into our heart will be put down. And that today the prophetic word of God will rise within everyone's heart. That it will rise within everyone's heart and set them free, Lord. That today will be a glorious day. Today will be a day, Lord God, that will bring joy and victory and peace into people's life. Because they know that they know that, God, you got them. You got them. And so, Lord, as we take communion today, I just thank you that you just begin to minister to people's hearts. And you begin to bless people and heal people and touch people, Lord. 
and we thank you for it. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we take this bread, and on the night that you were betrayed, you took the bread, and you said, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Lord, we thank you for your broken body, going to the cross for us, taking the, the punishment upon yourself for our sin. But Lord, you were broken so that we could be made whole. So I declare every broken heart in here healed today. I just thank you, O oh God, that you work out all things. All things, Lord God, by your broken body. And then afterwards, you took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we thank you that no matter how many times we've messed up, no matter how many times we have blown it, that Lord God, oh Lord God, that you forgive us of our sins. And that you get us to that place and that spot where we need to be with you. You put us right where we need to be. And Lord, we just give you praise for it and thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Break my the church stand up with me. Let me pray Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name. That as we go forth today, Lord, we're going to go forth encouraged and strengthened. We're going to go out into the world and we're going to be light in the middle of darkness. Where there's deceptive words, we're going to give prophetic, life-giving words. And it's going to change people's course. It's going to change our course. So, Lord, I just thank you for it. I praise you for just sealing this message in our hearts. Lord, in the days ahead, just, just bringing it back to our remembrance. Asking, seeking, and knocking. We're going to find it, Lord. We give you all the praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.